What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I'm here with Casey, and we are discussing episode 22 of the final season of The Walking Dead. This episode is titled Faith, and there's so much stuff going on in this episode. I was just like, oh, okay, you could tell we are getting towards the end because we're starting to see all our people starting to come together, which is exciting Mm -hmm. because if you think about it, we haven't really seen them all together since season 10. Like the entire group together because of COVID. The entire group. True. So now we start to pull from here, pull from there, pull from there. And it's it's getting good. But uh, we did a reaction video to this episode. I think it was this episode a few weeks ago yes. at camp. And the video yes. did not record the way I wanted it to. So I'm going to have to go through and figure out how to fix that so we can get it out. Because we had some we had some hilarious reactions to certain things in this episode. Um, let's get into it. So at the end of last episode, you know, we figured out that Outpost 22 is actually Alexandria. The Commonwealth is taking it over, which we saw at the end of 11B. But what they did was they've they're using it as a processing outpost to I guess process the new quote unquote immigrants or whatever other people that they find in other um, communities. So, of course, our people are doing hard labor as punishment for their rebellion and for Sebastian's death and all this other stuff. So we get a couple of questions answered at the beginning of this episode. We see Magnus there. We see princesses there. Nabila is there. So I was like, damn it. That means they got her and Jerry's kids too. Damn it. So anyway, Annie is there. You know, we figure this out. So our people apparently have put something in the works where they're like, okay, this is what we need to figure out. They're trying to figure out how many guards are there, who's on the perimeter, and they're keeping track of this. Like Negan is writing this down on a piece of cloth. And, you know, when, when I saw him doing this, all I could think of was, Negan, don't get caught. Don't get caught. It's just, I felt like, I felt like he wasn't being subtle enough. Like he wasn't being stealthy enough. But he was, he was being Negan. Because what happened once, once they found the paper was Negan. Old Negan. Old Negan. Not reform Negan, old Negan, because Negan saw who the warren was like, I know his kind. I know his kind. So he's just like, you want me to be a spy? Okay. Okay. That whole thing. Negan uh, saw that coming a mile away. Of course he did. What was it he told Annie later on in the episode? He was like, hell, I used to be him. You know? Yeah. But anyway, okay, I'm going to say this for, for Annie. Because while they're sitting there trying to figure out who's where, when Ezekiel comes over to get the map from Negan, that's when Negan realizes Annie is there working as well. So he goes to one of the um, one of the guards and he's like, yo, what needs to be done in order for someone to get a break around here? And the guard is like, are you talking to me? He was like, look, I'm not talking about for me. I'm talking about for my wife. I'll pick up a couple of extra shifts if she can just get some time to rest. And of course he's going back and forth with the guard because the guard is like, um, no, we don't negotiate with prisoners. You know, the Commonwealth doesn't negotiate. Mm-hmm. Niggas say, I ain't talking to the Commonwealth. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you individually. And they get into an argument because of course another trooper has to come over and be like, oh, is there a problem? No, nah, he's just mouthing off. Oh, well, let's show him who's... Bu- I was like, you know what? These Commonwealth troopers, they just get on my nerves. I think we've, we've been saying this since they've been, they just get on my nerves. They're already- They have a power trip. They have a power trip, but the thing is, they ain't that good. I can understand if you can handle your own shit and you were good. But anyway, they get into a tussle. Annie realizes Negan is right. Because Negan, I, I will say this, if I hadn't known that there was a spinoff coming, I would have been scared for Negan in this episode because Negan was pushed. He was like, he was towing that line. 
you know, when they mm-hmm. knocked him down, he got up and he rushed one of the soldiers and knocked him down. I was like, Megan, dude, please, please don't get killed in this episode. Then Annie right. gets up and she runs and she was like, get off of him. She starts hitting at one of the soldiers. The soldier knocks her down. First of all, you knocking down a pregnant woman. I got a pro- I already got a problem with y'all Commonwealth soldiers. Now you're knocking a pregnant woman down. But he tells her to stay down. What does she get up? She, what does she do? She gets up and she knocks the shit out of him. I was like, this is why I like Annie. And it was like, I don't give a fuck what y'all gonna do. Get off my man. Get off me. She says that a lot in the. I need a writer like that. That's the kind of writer I need. She says that a lot in this. Right. She says that a lot in this episode. She's like, get your hands off me. Get off me. I was like, Annie is not here for y'all shit. You will not be hitting on my baby daddy, is what she said. (laughs) And you definitely won't be putting your hands on me. That dude knocked her down. She got up and whop. I was like, oh. Oh, Is it a little feisty? Right. But then they take her away. I was like, okay. And then the camera kind of pans out and you see the windmill in Alexandria. And then who's in the bushes but Daryl and Carol with a pair of binoculars seeing everything that's going on. I said, oh, y'all don't fucked up now. Because <laughs> if Daryl and Carol are there, that means so is Rosita. So is Gabriel. So is Connie. So now you have this group out here and you've got what? Negan, Ezekiel, Kelly, Magna, Princess, Nabila. And I don't know if Nabila is a fighter, but I'm pretty sure they done took her kids. I'm pretty sure she ready to whoop some ass too. Hello. So you have these two groups on this side. And then who do we see on the inside as well? But Tyler Davis, the guy who, you know, he was the storm. He was, I'm about to say stormtrooper. He was the Commonwealth soldier. <laughs> that was watching over them in the train cars and he's the one that princess beat and then he ended Mm -hmm. up getting demoted and he took um he took max hostage so apparently when they disappeared him as they call it he was sent to go do this hard labor so he's probably been there for a while Mm -hmm. but princess kind of remarks to ezekiel she's like hey that's that tyler davis guy right there and i guess they were trying to figure out who else they could get you know, to include in part of this rebellion. And Ezekiel was like, that's the dude that kidnapped Max. And Princess said, I didn't say I liked him. I just said he got balls. <laughs> but the other thing I noticed when Princess walked off, she has like a dark circle on her face. I was like, oh, they had to, no- they must have knocked her out in order to get her. I was like, you think she won't easily? No, but still, I was like, y'all done blew my. Y'all done bruised our prom queen up. I'm I'm about to hurt y'all now. I'm about to hurt y'all. Yeah. And for those of y'all who hadn't paid attention, we call her the prom, we call her our prom queen because at the camp last month, uh, she and Michael James Shaw, they were the official prom king and queen for our 80s dance that night. But Casey was also dressed like a prom queen, so she had a little conf- quote unquote confrontation with uh princess miss paula in the bathroom and she was like how you get that title that should have been mine and then uh plot twist paula actually gave casey her prom queen ribbon and crowned her prom prom queen. Queen. <laughs> so that is our new name for her she's prom queen she's still princess yeah. but she's prom queen but anyway yeah, absolutely yeah so you have all of the people, you have Daryl's group. They're sitting there talking about what they've seen. And Daryl's like, yeah, it's kind of rough in there. I don't think they're going to make it. So at first I was like, why would he say that? But I think he was talking about the amount of work that they're having to do. Because, I mean, they're sitting there picking up large boulders and all of this other stuff. And basically they have them working to, I guess, clean up a lot of the mess that was left behind in Alexandria. Because I was the like, cleanup that they were supposed to help with. Now that it looks Maybe. like they did a lot, it looks like there was yeah. a lot done to Alexandria because it looks way better than it did when we left it. But the fact that they've been using quote unquote slave labor because all the people who have been disappearing from the Commonwealth, they've been sent to the railroads, they've probably been sent to Alexandria. All of these people are prisoners 
and they're being forced to do hard labor. So I think that's what Daryl was like. I don't think they're going to make it. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, too, was Daryl was like, we see the adults. We don't see the kids. So, you know, at, right. at this point, Maggie and Rosita, they're both like, OK, we just need to find our children. We'll figure this other stuff out. We need to mm-hmm. figure, we need to find the children. We need to figure out a way to do this. So, of course, they start making a plan about what they're going to do. Daryl and Connie are going to go down into the sewer tunnels and approach from there. Maggie and Carol are also going to go in the sewer tunnels, but they're going to find, they're going to go through the back way into, I think it was Carol's old house, she said, um, that they were going to try to sneak in and see what they can find out from there. And then Rosita and Gabriel are going to stay outside and be the watchers because they're the sharpshooters out of all of them, which, you know, does not sit well with Rosita because her baby is in there. Well, her damn baby. But I think, right. But I think she probably wants, you know, you can be emotional when it comes to your kids, but Rosita is also very intelligent. She's very smart. She's very tactical, but you know, I think when she really sat down and thought about it, she realized, okay, we need to have people who can shoot accurately just in case something goes wrong. And also mm-hmm. that baby means as much to those to those other people, almost as Absolutely. much as it does to her. She knows that they're going to do whatever they can do to make sure that Coco is rescued and safe, you know? Absolutely. So she and Gabriel, they stay outside. So here we go into our little separate areas. Now, I was very excited to get some Daryl and Connie, but I'm still like, we, we only have two episodes left. I need y'all to move this along if y'all gonna move this along. But with Daryl and Connie going into the tunnels, one of the things I noticed is that Daryl seems a little more, I don't know if skittish is the word I want to use. He seems a little unsure and Connie is picking up on it because she keeps asking him if he's okay. He was like, yeah, I'm fine. And I thought about it. I was like, these tunnels are the last place that he saw Carl. Like this is where they pretty much left Carl Mm -hmm. to die when he had to take all the rest of the Alexandrians to the hilltop. So I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, so he's probably thinking about all of that. And then now here they are trying to rescue some more of their kids, some more of their people. So yeah, he's probably like, okay, yeah, I'm here, but I'm not doing well, but I'm, I'm going to fight through it. But I love the fact that Connie picks up on it because that yeah. really speaks to how close they've gotten during this time. But, um, you know, even if we don't get a Connie and Daryl relationship, it still speaks to the fact that you know, Daryl has, I guess, evolved enough that he can let more people get close to him because obviously Connie knows him pretty well in order to be able to tell when he's not, you know, whatever. And I mean, she even says it later on in the episode. She was like, look, I'm scared too. And he doesn't say anything. He was just like, yeah, okay. And I was like, I I need this to move forward a little bit more, but I'm okay. Yeah, I I was the cutest baby. Girl, they would have the cutest baby. They would have cute babies, but can you can you imagine, like a baby, like Daryl's baby, probably always wanting to go off and do stuff, and then kind of being the mother, be like, I'm going with you. <laughs> I don't know. That would be cute, but yes. um, but yeah. So while they're in the tunnels, they're trying to fight through and get into the city that way. Carol and Maggie. They go under the tunnels. They get into, um, like I said, I think it was Car- used to be Carol's house. It was one of their homes. But as they're in there and they're trying to sneak through, one of the Commonwealth guards gets a peek of Maggie. And so as he comes and he's getting ready to attack her, which again, dude, if she's in this house, Obviously, this is one of the people you need to put two and two together and know that this is not the fight you want, but that's okay. He goes after Maggie. Carol knocks him out from behind. They drag him into a pantry. I was just like, we said this in the last episode. I don't know why y'all want to try our people on their turf. Like why you brought them back home? Because that's just going to make Thinking that was going to be okay. 
thinking, even even if you go into somebody else's house, you don't know all the intricacies and back doors and sideways and side panels and panic rooms in nobody else's place. So you're gonna take them back to where where they where they started, where they know everything. You change the name, but it's still the same place. And keep in mind, this place has been overrun a couple times. And they've always, like we said, they've always built it back. They've always fixed it up. You know, I was going back through, you know, I always talk about my YouTube deep dives when I just, you know, decide, okay, hey, I want to go look at some Walking Dead clips and I'll just go pick out random clips of big moments or emotional moments. And last week I was looking at the, um, the moment where Carl got shot. And they took him to Denise and Rick was like, okay, you know what? Fuck this shit. And he walked out with his little axe and started killing everybody. And then of course, Daryl, Abraham and Sasha came back with the gas truck. So I was sitting there watching all of that. And I was like, if y'all don't understand, like, I don't know what information y'all got from them when you did the intake, but if you don't realize, I mean, Pamela even knows Daryl told her, that they built this place back up every time they lost it. It's been overrun with walkers, even though Daryl set most of them on fire in the pond. The next morning, there were nothing but dead walker bodies. In so you mean to tell me that they cleaned all of that up, all of those walker bodies? They figured out a way to, um. They figured out a way to clean up the pond. Think about it. He put a lot of gas in that pond, but they were using that Mm -hmm. same pond for water a couple of years later or a few years later. So this is a place that obviously means a lot to them. They're not just going to let you take this shit over. No no matter who you are, no matter how powerful you think, they didn't give it to the wolves. They didn't give it to Negan. They didn't give it to was that the wolves that crashed the truck into it? Yep. Was that the wolf? Mm-hmm. That was the wolf. Mm-hmm. Like they, they not. You, you can't just come take my house, right? I mean, even said. after the whispers, the whispers trampled even through it. Trampled through all of the gardens. They didn't have any food, and they were still trying to sit there and save it. It was torn apart by a storm. They were still sitting there trying to save it. So what does that tell you about this place to these people? This place has significance. This place is They're not going to just give it up. I don't care who you are. Don't care who you are. They're going to learn. They're going to learn. They're going to learn. But the other thing about this, we'll come back to Alexandria because there's a lot more that happens in Alexandria. Out on the road, you still have Aaron and Jerry, Elijah and Lydia. And they're on the road. They're still trying to get to Oceanside. And I thought that this scene with Elijah and Lydia was a little bit weird because um, Lydia is about to kill a walker and Elijah's telling her, no, wait, don't do that. And after she's done, he was like, why did you do that? He was like, that could have been, it could have been a, um, what do they call a climber or, you know, the the variant walkers. And she Mm -hmm. was like, I know it wasn't. And he was like, but it could have been. And I'm sitting here like, dude, this woman grew up walking with walker herds. If anybody's going to yeah. know what's a walker and what's not, or what's human, it's her. she'll know. She'll know. Let her do her thing. Right. And you see that a couple of minutes later, they hear something in the woods and she's sitting there looking. She tells Aaron, she was like, that's human. That's not a walker. And Jerry's like, are you sure? She was like, yeah. Yeah. Y'all gonna learn to listen to these kids at some point. At some point. I mean, so most of the time they need a whooping, but sometimes they know what they're talking about. Sometimes. If you think about it too, Lydia technically is not, I I don't think she's a kid anymore at this point. She's probably about 19-ish, 18, 19-ish around here. But anyway. Give her the benefit of the doubt. We will give her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But they sit there, they get prepared to fight. They call out. They're like, uh, Aaron is like, come out. We know you're there. We see a couple of pairs of feet. And then here the fuck is Luke. Finally. 
finally, when I say we cheered, um, Casey, Michelle, and I watched this episode together. We cheered so hard when Luke showed up on the screen. We were like, finally, like we know in real life, Dan Fogler has been out there living his best life, being Jacob in the Fantastic Beast franchise and doing some other things. So we understand that. But still, I was so happy that they brought him back for, you know, the last bit of the show, which I don't know how long that's going to last, but they brought him back and we have Jules. So, yay, we have a little bit of a reunion. And then, of course, Aaron and Jerry, they tell them, hey, we were getting ready to go to Oceanside. You guys can join us. And that's when they're like, it's gone. First of all, I was like, what do you mean it's gone? Like, gone, gone? Like, everybody's gone? No. They but you know like- what? We never saw what happened after Horns, we flipped his coin. Remember, they was all lined up and he flipped a coin. So we never knew what happened. We don't know. Right. The little bit that we got from Luke in this episode, he says that, you know, the, the you know, some guys in some white armor, they showed up, they took it over. And then he said, yeah, Hornsby men, they came and they took over Oceanside. He said that um, him him and Jules were out on a run. And I believe maybe Rachel and some other people were out on a, a supply run. And he said they wanted to stay and fight, but Rachel told them no. Now, again, here's my question, because Aaron mentioned Cindy a couple of episodes ago, Cindy and Rachel, as far as like being leaders. But again, we have no, no mention of Cindy. I don't think we're going to find out what happened to Cindy at this point. It's just, it's too much. It's too much other stuff going on with the main story with the Commonwealth and Alexandria. And I think that's probably for the rest of the series where they're going to focus their, um, you know, the storytelling. So if we find out anything about Oceanside, it's probably going to be in this kind of third handed way, you know, through a third party. But, um, you know, Luke is like, we want to stand fight. Rachel told us, no, we had to go and find, you know, you guys and warn everybody. But we should have stayed and fought. And Jared was like, no it's good you got us now now we can go and handle this i was like i just and at this point i know that was lance but you know pamela has probably figured out oh lance has people there too so we're just going to keep them there and do whatever i don't know what she did to oceanside i hope it's not gone i hope it's still there even if we don't see it in this series maybe we can see it in you know in a spinoff or something but i hope that's not the end of it, will, it the probably the only one that would it would work being in would be rick and michonne only because virgil took her away she left from oceanside mm-hmm. you know what i mean that would yeah. be the only way to, to spin that one back in right is if if it's in that series because she would have to go back to oceanside to get back to alexandria you know what i mean yeah so that 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 probably would be the only way that that one would tie back in. Is it has to go through Rick and Michelle? I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. But also, too, so I'm trying to them. Right. But see, I'm also trying to remember, like, because we, I think the last time we really, really saw Oceanside people, is it when they were killing a rap when they like back when rick was still alive or right before he died when they were when they were going through snatching saviors and killing them and remember daryl and maggie figured out that it was them doing it and cindy and some of the other women they had a rot on her knees and she was saying after that that's where judith yeah that's where michelle left judith like, yeah, but no, I'm talking about like those main people, like like for Cindy. That was the last time oh, we yeah, saw yeah. her. We never saw her, and I think I think the only other prominent one died during the Whisperer War when they were trying to lead the Whisperers away from the hospital they were in. But we haven't seen Cindy since yeah. then. True. Okay. Then so, yes. Mm, so anyway. Yeah, hopefully we'll see Oceanside in in future iterations of the show. But as of right now, we don't know what the hell happened. We just know Luke and Jules, they were there. They left to get help. And we don't know. We don't know. 
So we're gonna keep our trust. Now the interesting thing is, as Aaron says, he's like, okay, well now you have us. And, you know, our people, they're on the way to Alexandria. And Luke is like, my group too, Magna, Connie. He was like, everybody, they're on their way to Alexandria. I was like, oh, this is about to be one hell of a reunion party. (laughs) Hell yeah. And you ain't seen Luke in a minute? But not only that, they're all on their way to Alexandria, where where some of your people are being held hostage and other some uh, some of your people is about to try and rescue those hostages yeah this is about to be a bang up reunion and not in a good way for the commonwealth at all so i was like okay at all right um let's see let's go talk let's talk about it eugene for a little bit because this is the episode where eugene has his trial and when I tell you, I wanted to reach through this screen and punch Pamela in her face with them fake ass crocodile tears. I just, I just wanted to hold my son one last time, but you turned him into a monster, bitch. Please, look, you turned him into a monster before you even died, girl. The way that she was acting, right, the way she was acting on the stage. And then that judge, when Yumiko is trying to, you know, get the um, the statement uh, stricken from the record, and the judge is like, no, I was like, oh, this is not going to go any kind of way we it's want anyway. It, it never was. Mm-mm. It never was. Notice it was so a, it notice it was a, yeah. Just it didn't matter if she was the prosecutor or the or the defend uh uh defense attorney. He wasn't gonna either way, he was they already had his sentence. He was gonna be he was gonna be found guilty. But when they're um, you know, they like I said, they're at the trial and, and Yumiko is like she's doing a good job, but of course we already know everybody's mind is already against Eugene because this is what Pamela mm-hmm has kind of, I guess, ordered maybe, but the people who are standing in the rafters, the citizens, you can see they're like, yeah, we're not with this dog and pony show. And, Hell no, and then when the motherfuckers talk about that wasn't my son on the tape. Everybody was like, what? What? Like, we what? all know his voice too. We know that was him, his snarky little ass. Now we dumb. Now we dumb. Not only that, we dumb too. Oh, okay. Oh, what do you make it right now? You think we this gullible that we ain't gonna know? Because if it not wasn't only him, that, wasn't he just speaking on the microphone before that damn tape played? So you think we can't tell this is the same person? It was altered. And if it wasn't him, why he ain't just say, "Oh, that ain't me." No, you got mad and chased Max down, right? Which resulted oh, in your all, death. All that didn't happen. Not only chase Max down, try to feed her to a walker. And that's how your ass got ate. Won't be feeding you nobody else. Well, somebody will be fed to you, but. <laughs> so as they kind of take a break um, before closing arguments, Eugene is back in, back in his cell and Yumiko and Max are talking and you can hear protesters out in the street. And, you know, like Yumiko said, she told Eugene, we don't have to get through the people in here. We need to get through to the people out there or the people up there. Mm-hmm. Basically saying we need the citizens to be able to start questioning what's going on in the Commonwealth. You can see that that is happening. Mm-hmm. But like Yumiko but said, it's going to be at a pace to save him. Right. And at this point, Yumiko doesn't think it's going to work. So they start talking about Mercer. Hey, Mercer has enough pull with the people. He's important enough. People will listen to him. We need him to speak out against Pamela. And Max says that she won't be able to get through because, you know, the Commonwealth soldiers are like, oh, no, <laughs> you're his sister, but you're the girlfriend of the person that killed Sebastian. We're not letting you go near him. So Yumiko goes to try to talk to him. And I've watched this scene several times, and every time I watch it, I noticed something a little bit different. He comes through 
And when he gets into his office and he sees Yumiko, his face kind of changes, almost like he's kind of guarding himself. And she's sitting there pleading with him to testify against Pamela. And he says, that is not, that way is not going to work. And I thought about it and I was like, especially given the end of the episode, I was like, wait, why is he saying it like that? He said that way is not going to work or that's not going to do anything, you know, for him testifying against Pamela. Mm -hmm. And so Yumiko is still, she's trying to appeal to him. She's like, look, my friend, the man your sister loves is going to die. And probably my other friends too. Pamela has had them removed and taken them God knows where, even princess. And he looks at her and his face does not change. And he was like, I know. And she was like, you know. I can't believe that you don't care, blah, blah, blah. And the first time we watched this, we were all pissed off. Like, hold up. You ain't showing no more emotion than that. Then the more I watched it, especially after the end of the episode, when I went back and watched Mm -hmm. it, I was like, oh, this motherfucker got a plan in motion. But I think he was trying to, because you don't know who's watching. Not to let it out. Right. And you don't know who's watching who. So it's probably like, okay, yeah, let me just put on this stone face. Like I am pretty much the Commonwealth's man. And let me figure some shit out on my own. Because again, we've been saying this since the start of this, this part of the um, season. And even, even part of 11B, Mercer seems like a guy who is kind of straddling the fence. Like he wants to be loyal to the Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. But he also sees what the other people from outside of the Commonwealth, he sees what they see. And I think Mm -hmm. he's just trying to find a way, okay, so how can we get this done and not risk anybody's life? I'm seriously, the more I watch this episode, I think I've seen this episode now like six or seven times. The more I watch this episode, I think that's what he's doing. He's looking around and he's trying to figure out, but because again, he's the general of the Commonwealth. He didn't get that position by just doing things on a whim. He has to be a strategist. He has to look at things from every angle and he has to consider all of the possibilities. So I was like, okay, he's trying to figure out what he needs to do to make sure that nobody gets hurt. Because again, you have some people here You have some people here, you have other people here, and then you have this small contingent of people where you don't know where the hell they are. And you have to make sure that what one group does doesn't affect the other ones negatively. Mm -hmm. And that includes him and whatever he's about to do. Because obviously from the end of the episode, we see he has some soldiers who are probably, you know, loyal to him. Allies to him. Right. So you got to make sure that everything works in a way that doesn't affect the other people. It's kind of similar to the conversation that yeah, it's kind of similar to the situation that the people inside Alexandria are having because Ezekiel and Negan, they find Tyler Davis and they sit down and they talk with him and they're like, look, you're strong. You don't like the way things are done at the Commonwealth. Join with us and help us change things. And Tyler, at this point, he's probably, like I said, he's probably been there a long time. And like he said, you don't think we've tried that already? You don't think we've tried to escape? We've tried to change? He was like, no, the only thing that happens is people who shouldn't end up dead do. So he was like, yeah, you're on your own with this. And it's one of those things where after this happens, Negan gets taken to the warden by some of the Commonwealth guards. And that's when we had that little conversation, him and the warden, and they're talking. And I was like, oh, you've got Negan and you've got Negan 2.0 or what was it? We called him great value, great value Negan. Great value, value, everything. (laughs) He's like the great value Negan. Like, oh, he wants to be this badass and he wants to be the one that, you know, puts fear into people. But I was looking at him like, Dude, you don't understand. You are talking to the master in front of you. And you're talking down to him like, yeah, when I first saw you, I thought you were a leader. Yeah. There's a reason why you thought that because he was at one point. And 
he's trying to get Negan to turn on the rest of his people. And he's using Annie as leverage. Now, when he did that, I was like, oh, you really about to fuck, fuck up. Because again, I think we see Negan is not about to turn on the Alexandrians. Because if he was going to do that, he could have done that easily when he was with Alpha's crew. He could have done that yeah. easily if he was going to get revenge, if he was going to make them see, hey, I'm back in charge. He could have easily done that when he was with the Whispers. He could have done that when he and Daryl were cornered by Whispers and the Whispers were like, oh, you killed the Alpha. You're our new Alpha. He could have easily done all of that. But again, I don't he think- worked too hard to get to where he is to let all that fuck all that up. Because all he's been doing since then is trying to make the fuck up. Right. And I don't even know. I don't even want to say it's, it's him. Again, I feel like Negan became the person that we were introduced to based on the things that happened to him prior to that. Everything that we saw in the Here's Negan mm-hmm. episode and whatever happened after that. And of course, what is it they always say? Power corrupts. When you get to a point where mm-hmm. you start making yourself known and people start treating you like a leader, start treating you like a God, like we saw the saviors did with him, anybody could be corruptible. But one of the things about this episode, the beginning of it, Judith's you know monologue that she does, it was about Negan. You saw Negan in all his different iterations. You saw him as a loving husband. You saw him as a protector for Lydia. You did see him as the person who terrorized our group in the circle. So you see all these different versions of him. And I think part of the story about Negan that they're trying to tell in this last part of the season is who is this person really? When you take away everything else, like who is he at his core? Who is he really supposed to be? Right. And yes, I still feel like part of that old Negan is in there. And like I said a couple episodes ago, we kind of need that part to stay there because if they come up against somebody else like an alpha or like this, you know, this uh, Pamela Milton, he's going to need a little bit of that treachery in order to save Mm -hmm. other people because he's the type of person that will be willing to do what other people want. You know what I'm saying? Right. In those mm-hmm. instances, in a way that kind of sort of makes him a good leader because he's willing to he's willing to do what he needs to do to save his people. And we I mean, there's no argument about that. The bullshit that he did, he was doing it to save the people that he had. I'm not I'm not right. doubting it. But, dude, you could you could have done things a little bit better. You didn't have to go full out villain the way you did. But OK, that was then. This right. is now. He's trying to change. He's never going to be able to make up for the stuff that he did back then. But what he does here on now, that I I feel like is what needs to be focused on. But again, he goes into this warden's um, office. Warden's trying to get him to spy for him because he was like, yeah, we found this little map. Somebody's been keeping track. Seems like there's a rebellion. I need names. He was like, and I bet you can get them. And Neil was like, I bet I can't. He was like, you do, you will, if you want to see that <laughs> wife of yours again. And they let him see Annie. And again, I love Annie and her resilience because you can see she knows the evil that he has done. She mm-hmm. loves him anyway. And she. Yes, she do. Yeah. She absolutely does. But she's also telling him, look, I understand you want to make things right or you want to fix things. But you need to live. We need to both be able to see this baby. So I'm going to need you to do whatever you need to do, but I'm going to need you to, you know, not do it the way you were doing it. What she said, oh, is it? it, Live through. You know, when he said, oh, that's the old me. She said, oh, is that why you were over there tussling with the guards? You know, but he tells her, he's like, we will get out of here. He was like, I'll fix it. She said, Yes, do that or else I will. I was like, you know what? I like and I like her. Because she was like, if you don't burn this shit down, I'm going to burn this shit down. And I believe it. Because what y'all not about to what y'all not about to do is keep playing in my face is what she said. Y'all not about to put this. I heard y'all not about to put my baby in danger. How about that? I'm telling you, this episode is all about these fierce mamas. Don't fuck with these mamas. You got Maggie. You got Rosita. And now you got... Don't fuck with these mamas. 
Leave him alone. Leave him alone. And hell, even Carol. Even Carol, because right. she's trying to save uh, Judith and, and RJ. Mm-hmm. She went in there for that. Mm-hmm. If nothing else. Daryl didn't go in because Daryl, you know, Daryl gonna Daryl just gonna kill everybody. So look, that's one thing we can't say. Right, Carol can keep a level head about certain things. She's like, okay, you know what? We may need to go in here and kill some folks, but let's talk about the best way to do this in a way that's gonna be efficient. Daryl probably gonna go in guns blazing. Like, look, goddamn it! Everybody got to die. Everybody got to die. Right. But the other thing I like about this episode, we talked about this in the last episode too. I'm loving the amount of Carol and Maggie time that we're getting because we don't we haven't gotten that in a long time. And you get a little bit more of that here, where you have Maggie as the newer mom kind of expressing doubts about herself. You know, she's wondering if she was selfish in, in bringing Herschel into the world because of how dangerous it is. And she was like, if I could do it better, if I could take it back, you know, and Carol was like, no, 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 no. This is good. You're not selfish. She was like, because of him, you will fight to make this world a better place. There's nothing wrong with that. She was like, yes, I love, I I miss Sophia and Henry and I want them back. Does that make it wrong? And Maggie's like, nope. And, you know, she said something in the beginning. She was like, I keep thinking I hear Herschel's voice. And I was thinking once we saw what happened, I was like, she probably was hearing Herschel's voice, but she thought she was hallucinating it. But all of the Commonwealth soldiers that are in the house, they get a call to go handle some something. And um, then they hear Herschel in the house yelling, help, help. Real. And they mm-hmm. go upstairs. And I tell you, they go upstairs, Maggie and Carol, they just look at each other. Like with one look, one understanding, okay, this is what we're about to do. Maggie opens the door. There's a Commonwealth soldier standing there. Carol reaches her gun up, shoots him dead in the head, done. Two seconds tops. Mm-hmm. Y'all done fucked up. Quit playing with mamas. Quit playing with mamas. Right. That's what I tell you. So Don't play mm-hmm. with nobody's kids. Right. So they find Herschel. He's in the room by himself. But there are no other kids there. And of course, Rosita comes in. She was like, is Coco here? Herschel, is she with you? And he was like, no, she's not here. I don't know where she is. So back on the other side, after the warden has had his talk with Negan and Negan has talked to Annie, Negan and Ezekiel are back outside and they're shoveling stuff. And Ezekiel is questioning Negan, like, what did the warden want? And Negan is not telling him what was said. So Ezekiel starts going in on Negan. He's like, look, don't you do that shit again. Don't go rogue. And when Negan is like, do I have to hear the shit again? Ezekiel's like, hold on, hold on, hold up. Just because I'm I'm working with you does not mean that we are friends. And he starts going off. He was like, I, you know, I still haven't forgot what you took from me. And Negan's looking at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? And you have to remember some of Negan's people did things that Negan wasn't aware of. Benjamin was one of those things because again, Negan is was at that point evil as fuck, but he has a thing about kids. Benjamin was still mm-hmm. technically a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what Ezekiel brings up. He was like, Benjamin, Henry's brother, that was my family and you took him from me. I'm not going to forget that. He was like, if we do get out of this, you do not deserve to be forgiven and you for damn sure don't don't deserve to be a father. I was like, we were all looking at the TV like, Lord, Ezekiel, please don't make this the reason this man goes goes rogue again and makes him back. Because I'm going to be honest, if somebody was saying some shit like that to me, I'd probably be like, oh, they look, they looking for a name to turn in? Oh, I got a perfect. That, that's how it would be. And that's how we kind of thought Negan was going to be. Because Negan, right, because after that, he does go to see the warden. But what happens is all the Commonwealth soldiers, they come into all the bunks, they take all the people out, and they're holding Ezekiel like Negan told on him. And then when the warden comes out, he was like, it seems there's a rebellion in our midst. And he says, somebody thinks they're better than us or something like that. He's looking dead at Ezekiel. So I'm like, what the fuck did Negan tell him? 
And then they bring Negan out and they put him in front of the windmill. And they're like, he's like, this prisoner has admitted to spearheading a rebellion. So we're going to make an example of him and y'all are going to have to watch. So I think what he may have done was he may have told them that he was trying to do a rebellion and maybe Ezekiel talked him out of it. You know what I'm saying? Because one of the things that the warning says is any co-conspirators will be given the benefit of the doubt. So he obviously probably said, oh, okay, so all your Alexandrian people, all these people, we're going to kill them too. And Negan was like, no, 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 no. I tried to talk them into it and they refused. It's just me. So basically he was trying to, he was trying to sacrifice himself to protect everybody else. Right. And then if you notice at the windmill, there was already like bullet holes. And blood splashes. Yeah. So they have used others as examples, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Yep. And, and their method of execution is firing squad. Like which, okay, you know what? Unless y'all have like an abundance of bullets, which this being a common what they probably do. Why make six, seven soldiers try to shoot somebody? It only takes one bullet. It only takes one. But anyway. Or it could be like, so, you know, back in the day, fire spot, everybody had a gun, but only one person I don't know because because when he was telling them to aim, all of them were ho- hoisting their um, guns up. That's true. But anyway, yeah. here, here we go again. Annie, she comes rushing. She's trying to save him. Negan, no, no. He was like, hey, 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 it's okay. I got this. I, I'm, I'm good. And you see all our people looking like, what the fuck are they about to do? And the warden is like, yeah, put him on his knees. Girl, when they said put him on his knees, I was like, oh, is this not deja vu in the weirdest way? Does this sound familiar, Negan? Does this sound familiar? Get on your goddamn knees now. They put him on his knees and they keep flashing back to Ezekiel's face and Ezekiel is looking at him and he looks at Ezekiel smiling like, yeah, you thought I was a selfish son of a bitch. And he looked... His mistake was he looked at the warden with that smile. And the warden was like, oh, yeah, we don't have martyrs here. And he goes into the crowd and he takes Annie out and puts Annie on her knees next to Negan. Negan is pissed off. No, this is not what we agreed to. No. I was like, oh, this is going to be ugly. Because I knew, uh, again, we have spinoff news. We know Negan is going to survive. But we don't know where Annie fits into the spinoff. So when they put her down right. on her knees, I really thought that this warden was about to kill her. And I was like, okay, if we need a return to old Negan, this is going to do it. This is going to do it. You kill his wife and his baby. And his baby. In the show right now. Right. So they have right. them both on their knees. He tells his Commonwealth soldiers, you know, he has them ready, aim. And all this other stuff. And speaking of which, shout out to one of the Commonwealth soldiers, Oscar Rodriguez, known to us as Oscar's Red Hat. He was one of the Commonwealth soldiers and he has been in several of the episodes for like a few seasons. He's been a walker. He's been a a whisperer. He's been a Commonwealth soldier. But this is the first time we've actually seen his face. So um, shout out to Oscar. But we, you know, the Commonwealth soldiers, they get ready to aim. And there's a Commonwealth soldier at the end. And this is the same one that Negan was trying to bargain with earlier in the episode. You know, hey, can I do extra stuff so my wife doesn't have to work? Well, this particular soldier requested leave because he has a brother who's sick and, you know, is dying. And the warden denied his leave because he was like, oh, you should have came straight to me instead of going over my head trying to get this, you know, time off. He said, but instead of you getting your time off, we're extending your time and we're, I think they were sending him somewhere else. And so you see this soldier ball up his fist when all of this happens. So at that point, I was like, Negan knows that that's, that's a weak link in the armor. So when he's lined up or when the soldiers are lining up, Negan reaches out to him. He was like, Hey, you, you have a family. Don't do this. Because of course, at this point, everybody knows that Annie is pregnant. You know, he's like, don't Mm -hmm. do this. 
and he's about to, you know, the warden is about to have them kill all of them. And Ezekiel raises his hands. He walks through the crowd and he stands in front of Negan. And Negan is like, what are you doing? Ezekiel's like, I don't know. I'm just going to stand here. And as soon as he does that, here come Kelly, here come Magna, here come Nabila, here comes Princess, here comes Tyler Davis and a few of his people. They all go to stand in front of Negan and Annie as like a wall. And the warden is nonplussed by this. He was like, oh, okay, just shoot them all. And the soldiers kind of hesitate like, everybody? Yeah, but but there are a couple of them. That first soldier, when he started smirking, I was like, your ass going to be the first one to die. Because he was smirking like he was enjoying this. So this soldier that Negan was talking to, he's the first one to lower his weapon. And then a couple of the other soldiers, they look, they kind of lower their weapons. And the warden is like, what are you guys doing? And the soldier goes and aims his gun at the warden. Then this is where all chaos comes in because the other Commonwealth soldiers don't know. They're like, okay, so which side are we fighting for so you have one soldier what are we doing right you have one soldier aim at that first soldier and he ends up killing the soldier that aimed at him and then all the chaos comes out because you have the soldiers basically at, at that point choosing their side the warden is like fuck all of this he grabs kelly and puts a knife to her th- i was like you know what if you touch if you hurt my kelly i'm about to riot it's gonna be a problem magna they were holding magna back because magna is like yo get off my girl get get off my friend and he's sitting there he's backing up he's got kelly you know in this in this headlock and you just kind of see a little shadow coming from behind him i was like oh you about to get shanked in the back daryl has snuck up behind him stabbed him did something i i don't know what he did Whatever he did, I think it paralyzed him. So I don't know if he severed his spine. He did something, whatever. Warden falls on the ground. Connie and Kelly are reunited. Negan is about to kill this warden. with the, He was about to bash his head in with the rock. Here come Rosita and Gabriel. Rosita's like, Negan, don't kill him. She's like, where's my daughter? What'd you do with my daughter? Where's Coco? This dude is not answering. So one of the soldiers who has turned already, again, very quickly, we talked about this in the last episode, like there's no rhyme or reason to how quickly these uh, these dead people turn now. Some of them take a long time. Some of them turn instantly. I'm like, I need to know what, what the difference is. It has to be, some, it has mm-hmm. to be something in the DNA. But anyway, Walker turns, Rosita grabs him, puts him in the war in his face, and she's like, where's my daughter? Tell me where she is. And this dude got the nerve to laugh and say, you will lose everything. How about you first? Because Rosita just much, 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 right, much. shoves the walker into his face. And everybody's just standing there looking like, oh, well, he deserved it. I mean, you see some of them kind of looking like, oh, that was a bit much. But everybody else is looking like, if he ain't gonna tell, what good? What use are you now? But it makes me sad because we still don't know where Coco is. We don't know where Nabila's kids are. We don't know. I mean, only once at this point, Herschel. So I'm thinking they probably, you know, we thought at first they probably kept all the kids together. Now I'm thinking they probably separated them to make it more difficult for the parents, like. Okay. If my thought is the way that they had Herschel, was they interrogating him? I don't think so. I think they just had him off to the side because I feel like what they You know what I mean? Yeah. It does look like it. Yeah. But I think what they did was they probably separated all of the kids because at least they separated them. They put they had one guard with Herschel. And I guess they figured, you know, that would be enough. I mean, what is, he's a kid. What is he going to do? I guess they figured if anybody came to try to take any of the kids, whoever was being breached could warn the rest of them. You know what I'm saying? And they, mm-hmm. they could do whatever it is they plan to do, whether it was going to be kill the kids, whether it's taking them to another location, whatever. But it's harder to do that if you have all the kids together. Plus, 
a lot of kids, even I feel like even if they're anybody trying to watch all them kids, that too. But also, those kids gonna make noise. Like, yeah, you can tell one kid to shut up and and do that, but you got a whole group of them. They're gonna cause you some problems. And yeah. those Commonwealth soldiers ain't—they're not equipped to deal with that. They are not. No. So I think it was probably just easier for them to separate all the kids and be like, okay, you take this one and you take those and you take those couple you take the dog because i'm still thinking dog is with the kid with some of the kids at this point i don't know who better be right dog better so that's probably what they did they just separated the kids like oh okay so if they if somebody comes you know to try to take them then we have a we have a contingency plan in place okay cool makes sense so like we said, Hersha has been rescued. Now you have a majority of our group that have reunited. Yay. And taken back Andrea. Right. Um, Eugene at this point has decided to make his own closing statement in his trial. And he makes a very, very heartfelt speech about how he should not have survived this zombie apocalypse but he did because he had really good friends and then he goes into talking about how a few years ago he fell in with a bad crowd he was like this is a crowd that would have done any that did anything in order to exert control and I was a part of that he was like you know I wasn't swinging the proverbial bat but I sat by and did nothing you know and He talks about how he had to make a stand. And, you know, of course, we know that's talking about the bullets backfiring. Mm -hmm. He was like, I had to make a stand. I had to I had to make a choice and decide what was right. And he was like, Mm -hmm. that's when I realized he was like, I had my own part in saving the world that day. And sometimes that's that's all it takes is one person. And in turn, he's looking at Yumiko. He's looking at Max. He's looking at Mercer while he's giving this speech. He finishes the speech and then, of course, guilty verdict. Now, this was a crazy. Which we knew was coming. But they were talking about he will be led to the square for execution in one hour. One hey, hour. I, don't, I don't get no appeal. <laughs> I don't get my last meal. I don't get shit. And of course, Pamela's being escorted out the courtroom, smiling and smirking. I was like, you bitch. You bitch. I really thought Eugene was a goner. I really did. Then what we see is at the end of the episode, he's being led through the tunnels where the um, cells are. And he's got a burlap sack over his head. He can't really see much out of it. And I was like, oh, here we go. They're taking him to execution. And they come around a corner and here comes Mercer with two of his guys. They take the sack off of Eugene's head. And of course, Eugene is up under there crying because he thinks he's about to die. They take his handcuffs off. Mercer's just looking at him and he was like, time to fuck shit up. What? What? When I say we screamed in that room, we screamed in that room. We screamed. And then that night at the camp, Michael James Shaw was there to watch the episode with the fans that were there. Uh, you know, they had um, they have screening. And so we were there for the screening as well. Some of the fans had not seen it earlier that morning. So you can imagine that definitive line coming from Mercer, like fully telling us what side he's on. Yes. When I say the whole room went nuts. I like. Bet. It was, I love doing viewing parties and stuff with stuff like that because those audience reactions that makes you understand, like, oh, okay, I'm not the only person who got excited about this, like, went nuts. But I'm like, oh, okay. And Eugene is still sitting there looking confused, like, wait a minute, what just happened? Like, is he, is he for us? Right. Right. So, yeah, we got our group in Alexandria. They are t- together. They're on a mission to find these cheerings. You've got Aaron and Jerry and all of them. They're on their way to Alexandria. 
You got Eugene in the capable hands of Mercer now. So I'm like, oh yeah, this is about to be an epic reunion. It's about to get good. It's about to get good. We're about to have an epic reunion. You know, you should you be chugging up the chugging up the roller coasters, chugging up the roller coasters. We right at the top, right where they drop you, right where they hold you, right before they drop. Mm -hmm. That's where we are. That's where we are. With our feet dangling over the edge of the roller coaster. I don't like Locked. dangly feet. <laughs> well, don't worry, because we we about to. All I got to say is I feel sorry for anybody who has Coco right now. Like, if you are not part of our group and you have Rosita's child and Gabriel's Prepare child, it's about to be all over for you. All over. Because Rosita whatever, was like, she on a damn life mission. You had for whatever life you had planned for yourself. It's, it's done. It's done. There is nothing left for you. It's done. And then yeah. if you think about it, if Jerry and Aaron and them actually make it to Alexandria, for him to find out that his children are gone. Woo-wee. Yeah, he's been gone this whole time. Mm -hmm. Because he thinks his family Ooh. is safely on their way to Alexandria. Yeah. So they don't know of any of that. Like even when even well, Aaron when Aaron too with Gracie. Right. Yeah, because think about it. When when Luke tells Aaron about what happened to Oceanside, he said, but we had an agreement with them. Luke was like, I don't know what kind of agreement you had, but let me tell you what they did. So this is the first point where Aaron and Jerry realized, oh, wait, the Commonwealth turned on us. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, now they probably is trying to hurry and get back to their damn kids. Exactly. And I don't know if they would be. I don't know if at that point they would be, they would still be going to Alexandria if they would turn around and go back to the Commonwealth. You know what I'm saying? Because it's kind of mm -hmm. like you don't know which way to go at this point. Like, are you yeah. going to Alexandria to make sure that people are there or are you going to go back to Commonwealth? And it, it's like you don't know because you're kind of so far removed. Right. You're so far removed. If you go home, yeah, your people might be there, but they might not. And then that means you got to turn around and go back. And who knows how long that, that journey is. Right. Yeah. And Jerry with his broke leg and broke knee or whatever the fuck What's he had going cap? on and yep. a broken card and the climbing walkers and it's a lot. So many things. It's a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. But we gonna we gonna get it all figured out real soon. We got to. We only have two episodes left. <laughs> Girl, I know, I know. It's okay. It's okay. We still got spinoffs, <sighs> but it's just it's so weird thinking only two episodes left, and I feel like there's so much they have to do and resolve in, in these two, two episodes. episodes. Now I know. I think the finale is maybe it's supposed to be close to an hour and a half, but I think that's with commercials. So it may be like an hour and maybe 10, 15 minutes without the commercials. Okay. So okay. I don't know, but they got a lot to wrap up. They have a lot of loose storylines to tie off. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think we're gonna find out about, like I said, I don't think we're gonna find out about Oceanside. We're not gonna find out where Cindy's been these last couple of years. Um, I am going to assume because we have not seen him, we did not see him in this episode with the other Alexandrians. Virgil is probably, I, I don't know. At this point, I feel like Virgil probably died off screen and we just weren't told because, yeah, it. I almost he went upstairs and came back down. Right. He liked the little girl. He liked the little girl on Full House. I'm not Full House. Family Matters. He <laughs> went upstairs and never came back down. We I know mean, she was there. Right. But I mean, because the last time we saw him, he was talking to Judith. This was during the storm. He was still recovering from his injuries from saving Connie. So it's kind of like, oh, oh, you just. Threw him in there to save Connie, to give Connie a way back into the story and to tie it with Michonne. And he just vanished in this air. I mean, he just he just vanished into air. He, 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 
he would he. But see, at least we know tentatively that he, he was supposed to be with the CRM. We do know that because that was confirmed in the interview a few years ago. So even though we haven't seen it, it has been mentioned. We know that's probably where Heath is. And so hopefully that means he'll show back up in the in the Rick and Michonne show. Because I Or Tales. Or Tales. If they do another season of Tales, yeah. If they do another one. But the other thing, but but I feel like they've dropped so many different little storylines or so many characters. And don't tell us where they are. Like, I know the writers have a lot to do and, and, and a lot of story. And they're trying to focus on the main story. Mm-hmm. But don't introduce us to characters that we like and then just ha- disappear them Take like them Commonwealth and never tell us where they are. I still want to know where Cal is. You remember Cal? Cal was one of, uh, he was he was from the hilltop. He was the Asian dude that was always at the top on the um the lookout he was the one that gregory was always telling him to drive him somewhere where is cal yeah where's georgie we still don't know where georgie and the twins are and the twins so i i don't know like i said i know they have a lot of stuff they have to wrap up but at least just give us some gems just tell us something right but i i don't know we got two episodes though we got two episodes left but um i think we talked about everything in this episode i don't think there's anything left do you have anything else i'm sitting here looking and i think if you if you're able to get our reaction video posted that will be a, a good at least at least even if you don't get the whole video at least some clips of it right because that thing was amazing. We did we did have some fun reactions to certain things. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm gonna try to get that finished. Um, let's see. We so we have two episodes left, but for now, yes. that is it for our show. You can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom Hybrid. You can watch our videos on our YouTube channel. You can chat with us on our Discord channel and you can listen to us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.